What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast, episode 110. And today we are doing a Q&A with questions from you guys. And we are really excited because you guys sent in a bunch of really interesting questions. And we will be going over a ton of topics that you guys really want us to cover in today's episode. So I'm really excited for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff that you guys asked us and just on a wide range of things. Mm -hmm. So really looking forward to that. But we have some couple of things we wanted to mention at the beginning of this episode because exciting things are happening. Yes, we have a big mile higher announcement today. (laughs) Yes. Today, I am announcing the new podcast that I am doing that will be coming out next week, next Friday. Very, very exciting. Yes. Yes. I've created a podcast called Lights Out, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear the trailer and see what you guys think. Lights Out, everybody. Welcome to the Lights Out podcast. I'm your host, Josh. And each week, sit back, try to relax, while I take you on a dark and twisted journey filled with thrills and chills as I take you through some of the darkest stories, cases, events, and individuals in history. This dark take on a paranormal and true crime podcast will take you through many terrifying topics in great detail including the occult, hauntings, cryptids, alien abductions, serial killers, demonic possession, and much, much more. So if you're looking for a chill, creepy escape from reality, look no further than Lights Out. New episodes will be released every Friday, so make sure you subscribe and follow the show on social media at Lights Out Cast. See you guys soon. Oh, yeah. I am so excited for you. Yes, I'm really excited because this is a definitely a passion project mm-hmm. for me. I mean, it's something that I've been wanting to do for a while, yeah. and I really have been wanting to dive into some of the darker topics mm-hmm. that, you know, Kendall just doesn't really find that appealing to to talk about. Yeah, and some stuff freaks me out, honestly. Yeah, I yeah. can only talk about so much before it starts to get to me mentally. <laughs> Which I totally understand. It's not for everybody, and that's why I thought, you know, why don't I start another show that's really focused on these darker yeah. subjects? And yeah, because like most of our audience wants to hear that. Yeah, like yeah. Let me know if you guys are interested in this kind of stuff because I definitely am, and I'm really excited. I'm going to be doing this in partnership with my brother. Actually, he's going to be the producer on this podcast, and he's the one who made the music, and he's going to be helping me out quite a bit with it. So I'm really excited to introduce Lights Out. Definitely. Uh, Go subscribe because, again, the first episode is going to be going up on uh, next Friday, April 17th. So definitely go subscribe and follow it on iTunes and Spotify so you make sure you get that first episode when it drops. So awesome. I think everyone's going to be really excited. And the artwork is so good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm really excited about it. Awesome. And the sound, the music is so good. Joel did such a good job. It fits the whole theme so well, I feel like. Yes. Excited. Yeah, I'm super pumped for it. So hopefully you guys are too. Another creative outlet for you. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Exactly. So really looking forward to that. Also, we wanted to mention that, you know, we've been trying to figure out ways to kind of interact with you guys more. We've been doing live streams mm-hmm. on our YouTube channel. Yeah. So if you're you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel or you've never checked it out before, that's where we do live streams and we're starting to do those a little bit more. So mm-hmm. 
definitely check that out. And then we also are going to be firing up the Discord server. You want to explain that? Yeah, we actually already fired it up, or I have, and I've been learning all about Discord. If you don't know what Discord is, it's kind of like a chat room, but like organized, and it's really like a community. Yeah, that's um, what it really is. It's, it's a place for people to come together and with similar talk interests. About and we so. have like a true crime page and a conspiracy page and like specific interests. And you can meet other people that are interested in those things. And it's free. It's yeah. free to come join the Discord server. So we'll put a link for that as well. Mm-hmm. So you guys can come and uh, join us in there. Yeah, we already got almost 5,000 members. We are at like 4,700 right now. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, really excited about that. So lots of things happening. For sure. All right. Well, let's get into some of our intro topics for the week. Lots of interesting stuff going on oh, in yeah. the world right now. Oh, yeah. So many different things happening. Man, it's an interesting time to be alive. Right it now. really is. But before we get into that, I wanted to thank our sponsor for today, Sundance, for supporting the show during these difficult times, which I'll tell you guys more about Sundance here in a little bit. But let's go ahead and jump right into the news topics for this week. So the first story I wanted to talk about was kind of One that I don't know really got a lot of people's attention, but it Mm -hmm. definitely got ours. And that is that Trump, President Trump signed an executive order encouraging us to start mining resources on the moon and asteroids in the United States. That is right, people. Yes. The actual moon. Start mining that shit. (sighs) Gosh, we're already screwing up our planet. We're going to now move to the moon. Yeah, what's that going to do to the moon? And what are we going to find when we start mining it? And what resources would he be interested in? Well, that's the thing is it's kind of a little, I don't know. It's not like there's this like abundance of gold or something there as far as we know. But the lunar <laughs> gold. Yeah. But the, the moon is gold. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gold mine underneath it. But they have heavy metals from lunar soil. Yeah, you can extract metals from it. That's that's the main element is the helium that this, that's there. Extract water? But that's the thing. You can't really extract it, then bring it to Earth and use it. So it's not yeah. really like I think the main thing is the United States wants to establish a lunar like operation center on the moon hmm. in order to start building habitats and potentially have people live on the moon and then hmm. start making it a place to then fly to and, and then go on into the, inter, you know, off into space. A launching point. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, to make our missions to Mars a lot easier kind of a midway point for deep space exploration. But I'm confused because obviously America doesn't own the moon. Right. Well, that's the whole thing because there's actually 18 world nations that all signed this 1979 UN moon agreement, Mm -hmm. which essentially says that this celestial body or any celestial body is a neutral ground. Yeah. And that you would think so, you know, nobody can claim it as theirs. I mean, this is mining it. Exactly. Fuck. And this actually angered the Russians, of course. I mean, of course it did. Our, you know, competitors in space, really. Yeah, they've since always the been beginning. our space rival. The Russian space agency wasn't too happy about this, and in fact, they said that they were worried that this would lead to the U.S. in the future attempting to seize planets if we are allowed to like seize the moon and start doing yeah, and start like claiming it. Yeah, exactly. I could totally see that. Are you kidding me? Why would the world not go to war over planets? Honestly, I mean, we're already building a space force. I could see it happening for sure. Yeah. It's, it's really bizarre because it's starting to feel like maybe sometime in the future, it's going to turn into Mm -hmm. a star Wars universe in a lot of senses. Like these things in Hollywood that that we, thought were just purely science fiction are starting to come true and starting to become a reality. Yeah. And this idea of colonizing and mining the moon and then off going off to Mars and setting up camps there. And what's that going to mean? 
you know, it's not like the United States is the only one that's going to try to do this. China's going to do this. Russia's going to do this. And many of the other superpowers are going to start trying to do this. So what is that, you know, could conflict arise? What is this going to spell for the future? I wonder if in the future we'll have some type of constitution, like worldly constitution for the moon or a like planetary for constitution. planet or something like that. Yeah. Well, I think the UN is going to have to expand beyond just the earth or there'll be like a planetary council where there'll be representatives yeah. from all of this, the nations I'm and surprised we don't really, and have maybe that. other interstellar civilizations and mm-hmm. extraterrestrial. I mean, who knows? It could get that, get that wild. <laughs> yeah, there. definitely. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. But the next thing I wanted to talk about, cause this guy has been popping up in the news constantly. Oh yeah. And that is billionaire Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. Billionaire Bill. Billionaire Bill. Bill Gates has been one of those people that has had a lot of conspiracy swirling around him and a lot of just people questioning motives and mm-hmm. what is he really up to. And I find it really interesting because he's kind of been this individual that has not only predicted this pandemic, but has also recently this past week come out and said that he believes that we might be able to return to some sort of normalcy in the world in June. And it's interesting because, you know, he's starting to predict things like that. So maybe does Bill know more than he's leading on or, you know, or is this just purely him being like based? I mean, he's a smart guy. You got to remember that Bill Gates is extremely intelligent mm-hmm. and, and knows know, a lot about pandemics. And absolutely. And I mean, the issues, Bill and Melinda Gates viruses. foundation, that's all they do. Yeah. We mentioned this in a recent podcast, but back in September, Josh and I talked about how Bill Gates had been predicting that there is going to be some type of world health pandemic. And he's been saying this for years, but yeah, he really was talking about it back in September. Um, and it's interesting because it then happened very quickly. So it makes you wonder, like, does he know? And this fact that he speaks with such confidence, like it, it should be over by June, which is interesting because so many people are saying different things. Like you hear some people that really think it's going to be April 30th. Some people say May 10th. I've heard a lot. Like there's all these random dates that people are putting out there. Some people are saying October. Some people say the entire year. So I don't know. It makes me feel kind of hopeful if Bill Gates is saying June because he seems to know a lot about this shit, right? Yeah, he really does. And I wanted to show you guys the clip from the TED talk that he gave back in 2015, where he really kind of laid out what this could look like. And the way that he describes what a pandemic would look like for the world is really similar to how it actually played out. Yeah, it's very eerie. Almost. It really is, and that's the reason why this clip has gone super, super viral since then. But is then. he secret and being like clued into something we don't know or you know, some type of special access he has to information? Or is he just really, really smart and yeah, understands yeah. viruses really well? Yeah. And Bernie Sanders also was saying for a while that a world global health pandemic could happen. Yeah, well, that's like a thing. lot of people have been warning about this and talking about how we're unprepared. We need to be ready. It was just a matter of time. In fact, Bill Gates actually says that it could happen like every 20 years. Like anyone could predict a yeah. health pandemic is going to happen because we're kind of always on the brink of having one. It's just this has been so much worse than everything else we've had in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. Let's play this clip because it's very interesting, especially at this point in time. Today, the greatest risk of global catastrophe doesn't look like this. Instead, it looks like this. If anything kills over 10 million people in the next few decades, it's most likely to be a highly infectious virus rather than a war. Not missiles, but microbes. 
Now, part of the reason for this is that we've invested a huge amount in nuclear deterrence, but we've actually invested very little in a system to stop an epidemic. We will go ahead and link that in the YouTube description and show notes for those that are listening if you want to see the entire TED Talk because it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it goes into a lot of detail about you know, how this could really play out. But that, that was just a little snippet from, from the TED Talk. But it's interesting because the, the, all these things that he said mm-hmm. during this clip are all things that are now being said right now and have been since this all started. Mm-hmm. That up to tens of millions of people could be killed by this pandemic or this virus. Mm-hmm. And over, you know, over a period of time, obviously, I don't think that's going to happen in the next coming months, but over years, potentially. And so a lot of people are, are really, you know, thinking about this a lot and like, well, this is kind of interesting that he sort of predicted the future in, in a way. But at the same time, a lot, like you said, a yeah. lot of people have said that a pandemic is kind of inevitable yeah. and that we aren't prepared, though. That was what's so interesting to me is that we're not prepared for it. And that mm-hmm. was he was saying that in 2015. So why didn't we? really start to prepare for it years ago and why all of a sudden when it actually happens are we you know we're all reeling from it and honestly the the hit that the economy has taken it's insane is almost worse than the pandemic in a lot of way long term yes it will have a huge effect on us yeah this quarantine period is just going to make such a huge difference in just our society too like so many things will change after this Mm -hmm. i saw joe rogan was talking about how they may not it may never become like socially normal to shake hands with other people again or for a while. Yeah. A lot of experts are saying that, that we could, the way that we live our lives could change after all this is over. We could see a civilizational shift Mm -hmm. in the, in the way that we interact with one another and just how we conduct ourselves, especially out in public and in public places. And also just, I feel like, Hopefully we up our cleaning standards and just Mm -hmm. things get cleaned a lot more. We come up with solutions to minimizing the spread of disease and virus like this in the future. Well, I think it's just taught us as the average person to be more cognizant about what you're touching and how often you're disinfecting your hands. And like we had to go on a little 24 hour road trip to rescue a rabbit. It's a long story, but (laughs) you know, we had to stop at gas stations and obviously no restaurants or anything like that was open, but we were, you know, making sure you know, like after you use the gas pump and stuff, like were you always obsessively making sure you wash your hands or use hand sanitizer before all this? Sorry. No. Hell no. Hand I'm, sanitizer. <laughs> sanitizer. Oh. I was going to say I ate a sandwich off the Walmart floor. You did. <laughs> years so, ago. Okay, years, don't judge her. Yeah, years and years ago, people, I ate a sandwich <laughs> off the Walmart floor. But now I was thinking about it. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. That's real interesting because mm-hmm. it's all, all it takes is like one little slip. Yeah. And it makes you think about not only could you get yourself sick, but you could get someone elderly or immunocompromised your family sick. Like it just has made me rethink about the way that I interact with the world now. And I think everyone's going to have that kind of experience and re-entering society and like getting back to normal is going to be interesting watching that all play out. Yeah. And I think it's in a way it's waking people up to the reality of just the world Yeah, and what's going on in it and trying to be more connected into everything and really looking into, I mean, especially with how many things are swirling around and rumors and conspiracies. Oh my and gosh, it's really, it's really obnoxious. And you know, we get sent them all. A lot of people are just, you know, reading anything they see on Twitter and, and taking it as fact. But yes. the majority of us are problem. thinking critically about things and maybe digging in a little bit more to what the media is telling us. Cause I frankly believe the media has really just blown this kind of out of proportion to some extent because it seems like they're trying to create opera. some panic a little bit. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it's a kind of a, like you said, a big drama to, to them. I mean, it gets people to tune in and, and 
helps the ratings quite a bit. But back to Bill Gates. And the other thing I wanted to mention that people are really interested in is the fact that the Bill Gates and Melinda Gates Foundation, they work on vaccines. And and in fact, Bill Gates is actually working on seven potential virus vaccines. And people are saying, well, you know, he he people are going as far as being like Bill Gates is responsible for this in some way of creating it, which is just absolutely false. And people are also wondering, like, isn't he going to benefit monetarily off of this virus because he's developing these vaccines? Exactly. And the thing about it is that he's said that they're spending billions of dollars Mm -hmm. on this creating these vaccines Mm -hmm. and he's likely not going to make that money back. But what's money to him? That's the thing. I mean, he's worth a hundred plus billion dollars. So, you know, a few billion dollars is not that much. Mm -hmm. One of the things that might happen as a result of this virus is that when they do finally get a vaccine approved, that they might make this vaccine mandatory. And Bill Gates recently on Reddit started talking about digital certificates, which will be used to identify people who've received or who will need the upcoming virus vaccine. He stated this on Reddit? Yeah, a lot of a lot of people do interviews on Reddit. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's kind of a thing. Well, that's kind of freaky. I don't know what I think about mandatory. I guess it's good, but anything mandatory on everyone definitely gives me a little bit of the heebie-jeebies. Like, I know. And, and that's going to bring out a lot of conspiracies. Oh, well, well, that's where a lot of these are starting to come from and source from is from these things that Bill Gates are saying. And people are thinking that this has to do with like a one world government and all of that. So I don't know. I mean, the, the certificates will also be used to identify who can conduct business or not as well. Like you'll have to have a digital certificate saying I've been vaccinated against this virus in order to conduct business altogether. Wow. I don't know. I'm curious what our audience thinks about that, about a mandatory vaccine. Is that a good thing or is that too much for the government to be able to force us to get a certain vaccine? I genuinely don't know what I really think about that. Yeah. I mean, I'm under the belief that your body is your property and you should have every right to do what you want and not do with your body. Although it would probably be like kind of selfish to not get the vaccine. Right. From a public health perspective, I would get it. I don't know if other people should be forced to. It's a very controversial issue, obviously. It is, but it's something that they're pushing. And this is backed by an organization called ID 2020. But it could be one of those things that could eventually be used against us in some way. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, but if you're mandated by the government to get a vaccine, it does definitely raise some red flags. Yeah. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what people think of it. Yeah. I'm curious what you guys all think. So our next story is about the series of photos from a drone that was captured recently and has gone really viral on the internet. Yeah, because it's a little bit alarming. Yeah, it, a little bit. It's pretty alarming. But I mean, we'll talk about it. Uh, they have been digging, I guess you could say a mass grave. Yeah, huge trenches. Uh, in New York, in Hart Island. And they're these wooden coffins that are all the same, that they're literally stacking up and there's pictures of it. They're real pictures. This isn't a conspiracy. This is actually happening. Yes. Um, But I believe that these are, you know, people that are unclaimed. It's, you know, the terrible, sad truth of our society is we have a lot of homeless people that have no contact with their families or don't have family and they have no money. So they can't pay for a funeral, but it's still just terribly sad to see all these bodies just stacked up. And it seems to me that I get that that's like cheap and we don't, we have other things to be spending money on, 
But can we have a little more compassion towards these people that, you know, are just buried and all together? That's just so sad. Like, why can't we do separate, you know, burials and at least have like name tags and like, you know, well, the situation. Yeah. Well, the situation is that these hospitals are already overrun. And as people die, a lot of these people that are in the hospital mm-hmm. that are dying from this virus are unidentified or they don't have any family that is in touch. And so they have no idea what to do with them because the morgues are completely full because they hold these bodies for up to 30 days and they're already changing the mandate to make it only 14 days. But if you think about it, the, the numbers are far greater than what the morgue's capacity is to hold these bodies. So what do you do at that point? Where do you put people? And so the mayor, Bill de Blasio has actually said that the mass graves are actually sort of a temporary solution until families can figure out where their loved one is or if they're going to like dig them back up. Well, I don't know if they're going to actually like bury them in there. I think they're just kind of putting them in there for now. I don't know exactly what their whole plan is with it because they haven't Mm. said, but it's, they have said that this could be a temporary solution until a family is able to come and claim the body and then do what they want with it. Why? The hell would someone want to come claim someone's body that's been sitting there for how long? I mean, that is, I understand it's your family member, but that has got to be the most traumatizing thing to go into a mass grave and dig out your family member. I just can't imagine anyone being okay doing that regardless of how much they want to be with their loved one. I don't know. It's just, what are you going to do with a body that's been sitting around for weeks? Right. And it's like, obviously, New York has a huge homeless population. So a lot of these people are probably homeless, don't have IDs on them. They don't even have names. It's probably a lot of John and Jane Doe's. Mm -hmm. And so how do you even like find their body again once you like figured out that that's where they are? Yeah. You just like look through the bodies. It's just the whole thing is weird. Yeah. Especially the fact that they're heartless. I know. And they're just stacking them up on top of each other. Yeah. It's just like, God, I mean even if you're poor or a drug addict or homeless or whatever, you know, you still deserve respect in your death. And that just shows how we are as a society that we're like, well, let's just find a temporary solution for them. I don't know. I've heard some people saying, I saw people on Twitter talking about how in California they cremate um, unclaimed homeless people. And that seems better to me than this. Well, maybe that's why they're, they're kind of keeping them there so that in case the families want to do whatever with them later that they have the option. Yeah. But there's gotta be a better solution. I, I mean, know. how many abandoned warehouses are there or Walmarts or grocery stores or buildings for that matter? Could they go and set up and, and at least like refrigerate it yeah. and preserve the bodies for at least a little bit longer? Cause I mean, as soon as you put a body out into the ground, mm-hmm. it's going to, the decomposition process is going to start doing its thing and it's going to be, Right. By the time the family gets a hold of the body, I mean, especially what are you gonna want shitty wood boxes. Yeah, they're just like made out of plywood, very cheap, and oh, so sad and I'm also worried like that. that people might try and sad as it is, like fuck with them. Oh yeah, like that's definitely do something. you know do God knows what to that mm-hmm. area, and it's just or try and I don't know get in there and do something to each. I don't. Who knows? It's just creepy that there's a bunch of bodies laying out mm-hmm. in a ditch right now in New York. And Where in New York even is it? Does Heart it even Island. say? It's oh, in right, the, Heart Island. Where? Yeah, it's a mile-wide island in the Bronx. Okay. And what's interesting mm-hmm. about this is this island has a fairly dark history to it. it there is at least one million people buried there. 
Oh, that's so gross and so, so creepy. Yeah. Okay, can I also point out in the pictures, there's like everyone's wearing hazmat suits, like the typical white hazmat suit. Mm-hmm. But then there's like one person that's in all black and has a black hood over their head. And every it almost looks like the damn Grim Reapers overseeing <laughs> this whole project. Oh my God. Yeah, that's creepy. Like, who is that? One guy in black? Like, was he an executioner? Yeah, it's really creepy, honestly. I don't know, man. I don't know. Weird. I I just I don't understand. I mean, there's a lot of people that are dying, but it's like there's that many that we need to start digging mass graves. And and interesting how the news doesn't really talk about that. The mainstream kind of skids right over that, but it it goes viral on the internet. Someone had to drone over it, and of course, we get the true information from shit like that. Yeah, yeah. It seems like I mean, obviously, they don't want to put that on the mainstream media because people start freaking out. Mm Or advertise that that's where it's being done because people could go there and, like you said, well, hopefully people don't go and screw with like I don't people know, who had though, coronavirus. Who That'd be really stupid for you to yeah, do. Yeah, but people are stupid. That's true. <laughs> people are stupid. And it's not hard to get to this island either. How are they going to protect it? How are so they going to creepy? Because what I mean, what if somebody goes over Lights there and, and does something? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's terrible to say, but they're in a bunch of wooden boxes. Like people are evil, and you could easily really fuck this up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's really over. I don't know. I just think it's ridiculous. Honestly, I think there's so many better options and mm-hmm. it's just, like I said, heartless. It. I don't know. And and I hate to say it, but I get why conspiracy theorists and people that mm-hmm. believe in conspiracies are really going wild right now. Cause when you see shit like that, and especially when they're not really telling you about it or showing you pictures of it and we have to go, kind of doing it in secret a little bit it's it's very very fishy so very very weird but let's go ahead and get into some q a questions we got some really interesting stuff to chat about but before we do we'd like to thank our sponsor for today i don't know about you but i love watching shows about notorious murderers or deadly cults i like to sink my teeth into the most twisted true crime stories and if you're a fan of suspense and crave thoughtful, character-driven storytelling, then you'll love Sundance Now. Once I got Sundance Now, it was easy to see why their original series, McMafia, State of the Union, and The Cry received international praise and awards, because you won't find a collection of gripping exclusives like this anywhere. Just download the app or watch online and discover exclusive shows from around the world instantly. The True Crime collection is actually really good. One of my favorites is the Jonestown Terror in the Jungle. I thought that was a really well done series on Jim Jones and the People's Temple. But there's also all sorts of other titles on there like Eileen, the story of a female serial killer. Sundance Now is available for as low as $4.99 a month. Start streaming your next obsession right now. I have an exclusive offer just for our listeners Try Sundance Now free for 30 days by going to SundanceNow.com and use promo code HIRE. That's SundanceNow.com. Use code HIRE to get 30 days for free. All right, let's go ahead and get into some of your questions. And again, these came from our Instagram, which is at MileHigherPod. And we do voice memo messages through there. If you want to be part of the next one, be sure to follow us. All right, ready to start? Yeah, hit us with the first. Hey guys, my name is Emma. I'm from Australia. I was wondering what your thoughts were on if the coronavirus is somehow caused by or linked to the 5G towers. Thanks. We knew that this question would definitely come in because we've gotten so many tweets and messages asking us about this theory and we definitely wanted to go ahead and address it. First off, 5G did not create or directly cause 
this virus. Yes. We know that for sure. We know that's a fact because radio waves cannot create a virus, right? That's mm-hmm. impossible. Mm-hmm. Not only that, it's also interesting that 5G has only been in, rolled out to five countries, I believe, and there's 184 countries that have cases of, yes. of people infected with the virus. Mm-hmm. So clearly, no. it did not cause it. Absolutely not. And we also know scientists have figured out that this was not biologically engineered in a lab and that mm-hmm. the strains that are affecting us naturally mutated. Mm-hmm. And this is something that's a hundred percent natural. Yes. So clearly it did not create or cause the virus. I think it's really important to be clear about all that because there's so much misinformation and conspiracies spreading about this virus. And it's so important. We stick to the facts and what the experts are saying. Exactly. And also there's no evidence no. that backs these claims up. No. And they come from some random person's Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. And I really, uh, you know, challenge you guys to make sure you look for proper sources and evidence when you read things online, because there's just so, so much fake shit online. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And it gets spread like wildfire because people think if someone said it, that they follow, that they trust, that it's true. And yeah, well, and people no. never post their sources or where's the evidence to support the claim. Right. I mean, if you're going to make an extraordinary claim, there better be some evidence behind it because. Yeah. But that, unfortunately, a lot of people don't think about that and they just see it. And it's so shocking that it kind of just takes over your brain mm-hmm. for a second. And then you just some people just accept it as fact. And being open minded is not believing every single thing you hear. Right. Exactly. You got to be critically right. You have to critically think about every claim that goes out there. Well, the other thing, the other portion to this, and the one that I find more interesting is the fact that could 5g technology be responsible for causing the symptoms of the virus or could it be making it worse? And again, there's no evidence that directly links the two together. However, it's interesting to consider because 5G, we've talked about this for a while now, and a lot of scientists out there are saying that we do not know the biological effects that this f- next generation of wireless technology is going to have on the human body. They're, you know, They didn't do extensive testing on it or on the effects that it will have on humans long term, so we don't know. And that's the scary thing about it, we don't know, because it is radiation at the end of the day. We don't know what it's going to do to our bodies long term. Yeah, I think people absolutely are in the right to be concerned about 5G as a whole. Now, what's interesting about this is there is a professor of biochemistry and basic medical sciences at Washington State University named Dr. Martin Paul. And he recently released a new report titled The Role of 5G in the Virus Epidemic in Wuhan, China, which he offers this theory that the suppression of the immune system by exposure to 5G towers could weaken the body and increase the detrimental effect of the virus. Again, keyword is could. Theory. But here's what he wrote on March 20th. This is actually very interesting, and I think it's definitely something that we should be thinking about. So he said, it starts with the history of 5G in Wuhan, China, the epicenter of the virus epidemic. And Wuhan is China's first 5G smart city and is the location of China's first 5G highway where 5G radiation is being used to test self-driving vehicles. Approximately 10,000 5G antennas were installed and activated in Wuhan in 2019, with approximately 75 to 80% of these installed and activated in the last two and a half months of the year. The epidemic was first detected near the beginning of that two and a half month period and became vastly more severe, 
with extremely large increases in numbers of cases and deaths by the end of 2019. That may, of course, be coincidental. South Korea, which became the site of the worst epidemic outside of China, has large numbers of 5G antenna all over the country. The Milan area of Italy, the worst epicenter in Europe, also has a 5G center, as well as Seattle, the worst area in the U.S., and is also a major 5G area. Again, this is written in March, so this has changed a bit. But reports predict that New York City will shortly become the largest epicenter in the U.S., which is another 5G site. These non-Chinese epidemic areas are not discussed in my paper, but these findings are accurate. Again, the locations of these epicenters in 5G areas may be coincidental. So he is studying this and he is making that connection here. And again, he does say this could be completely coincidental that these areas where the 5G towers are in great numbers may have no effect, but it is also interesting because it could have an effect on the human bodies because electromagnetic fields, including the highly pulsed and therefore highly dangerous 5G millimeter wave radiation act via activation of voltage-gated calcium channels, VGCCs. With VGCC activation producing five different effects, each of these have roles in stimulating the replication and spread of these viruses, including excessive intracellular calcium, oxidative stress, NF-kappa-B elevation, inflammation, and and apoptosis, or programmed cell death. So the predominant cause of death in the virus epidemic is pneumonia, and each of these five effects also have roles in pneumonia, such that each of them is predicted to greatly increase the percent of people dying in this epidemic. So his conclusion to this is that it seems highly plausible that 5G radiation is greatly increasing the spread of the virus, as well as the death rate in individuals that are affected. So this is very interesting to consider. Again, this is something that hasn't been studied a whole lot. I mean, he's one of several others that have really looked into this, but this is a well-known respected scientist at Washington state university. That's saying that it did not cause the virus, but could it be having an effect on people's cells and just their biological body in general? And could it increase the spread or their chances of getting it, especially if your immune system is already compromised and you're getting hit with 5G radio waves, could that have an effect on your body's response and being able to fight the virus? We don't know, but it's definitely interesting to consider, and obviously it needs way more research Mm -hmm. in order to find out if the link there is actually real or not. Yeah, I think there's plenty of reasons to be concerned about 5G as a whole. Absolutely. And I mean, this is something worldwide that scientists from around the planet have been talking about and are very, very worried about the long-term effects and even short-term effects, especially if you live close to these 5G towers, mm-hmm. because that's where it's going to be the worst. That's where right. the effects are going to be much, much greater than if you're somebody way far away from it and your phone is just receiving it. Yeah. And if you've never heard us talk about 5G, there was a case specifically that we followed of a 5G tower being put near a school. And that was several, 4G. Was that only 4G? That was 4G oh, wow. LTE. Yeah. God, time's flying by. Yeah. But we were concerned about 4G. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, there was a bunch of students in that school that ended up getting cancer. So it totally had an effect on their bodies and their health. There's Absolutely. plenty of reason to be worried about it. Absolutely. And again, officially, the FDA and the FCC says there's nothing to worry about. <sighs> of course. Because studies haven't found a link between radio frequency signals from cell phones or cell towers and disease. But they say that about everything they don't know about until they actually figure it out. Exactly. And they haven't done any testing or long-term 
definitive analysis on what 5G technology will do to us biologically. So it's definitely something I think you need to consider and think about. But at this time, we don't know for sure if there's a link between the virus and 5G. All right, Janelle, hit us with the next one. Hi, my name's Eden. I'm from Sydney, Australia, and I'm obsessed with your series. I've been listening since the first episode. Um, my question is that if Mile High was approached by a streaming service like Netflix to create and produce a series, what would it be about? And if it were to be about true crime or a conspiracy theory, which would you do for each, even if it's been done before in order to give it your own take? Thanks. So we actually have been approached by several different like media companies with the idea of making some type of show. It's never worked out because that type of stuff, they end up taking so much control and, you know, we really yeah. like our freedom. But if we were given a Netflix series and given the reins of doing whatever we want, what would we do? Ooh, that's a really hard one. Like a professionally produced series. For me, I would definitely want to do like a paranormal. Yeah. Series. Of course you would want to do I, that. But I would want to do like, dealing with like cursed objects as well. I'd want to interact, like go to all the different, it's already been done. Of course, like ghost adventures yeah. already done it before, but I think that'd be really fun to do that. Or my other thing is ancient civ type stuff. Yes. I agree. Uncovering ancient mysteries and because yeah, we could travel all over the world. Yeah, and- that'd be cool. Right. I personally would probably want to do a true crime show focused on victims advocacy and um, helping people who need you know, more eyes on their case or need movement in the police department or pressure in the police department. That's what I would like to do. Yeah, that would be really, really good for sure because we need more of that. But I also would like to do a show that's, you know, about conspiracies and getting to talk to or interview experts in it and kind of try to see if some of them are true and like really dig in. Yeah, kind of like see both sides of it. Go see like scientists and see what they say about it, but then go see people who may have firsthand knowledge on it. It'd be interesting to kind of take the two worlds together, like whistleblowers over here. Then you got scientists over Mm -hmm. here and experts and kind of decipher through all of it and come to a conclusion about conspiracies. That would be fun. I know. Wouldn't it? I would enjoy that too. I think so. So yeah, maybe one day, maybe never say never, but great question. No. Hey, Josh, my name is Brittany. I'm from Northern California. Love you guys. Watched every episode. I just thought that I would ask, were you guys interested in the paranormal and supernatural before you started dating or did you develop your interest after you guys met? Uh, I hope you're all staying safe and healthy and thanks so much. I love this question. Yeah. Because when we first met, Kendall definitely wasn't we were we connected on true crime because both of us watched mm-hmm. a ton of like ID discovery and, and were really interested in in doing true crime stuff. Yeah, but, and you were always into the criminal justice world because Josh at one point wanted to be a police officer and went through an academy for young people interested in doing that. Yeah, I mean I have been on not, like not the police academy, just to clarify, but yeah, it's a like ex- training program. Right. It's called program. Explorers, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, I, I did that. And then I went on like 15 ride alongs during uh, my senior year of high school. And I've been, yeah, I've had a lot of interaction with police and seeing their side of things and mm-hmm. was very interested in all of that. So when we met, we definitely connected on that. We used to watch like disappeared together quite yeah. a bit. Mm-hmm. So I've just always been interested in crime. I don't know why. But as far as conspiracy go, I, I think I definitely kind of helped oh, bring yeah. that interest to you in the paranormal, especially. Yes. Oh, I was like 
drinking the tea big time. Like, yeah, <laughs> I was, or I guess you could say the Kool Aid. Yes, I yes. was drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah, me too. I was major drinking that Kool Aid. Yeah, <laughs> I was like totally into like followed everything the main, mainstream media yeah. said and was like, I mean. I had some big eye-opening moments in the last couple of years when I started realizing things. Yeah, because I, I mean, it's a process of sort of waking up and, mm-hmm. and when you start digging into some of the topics out there that there's conspiracies about and you start discovering these hidden truths that are out there. Yeah. You know, you, you slowly start to realize, well, well, maybe everything I was told and taught in school yeah. isn't exactly how it went. And yeah. basically learning to think for myself instead of just believing everything that I'm being told by people that I think have all the answers, you know, right. taking information and questioning it myself. You know, I was not like that before. And so, also looking at the evidence too. Mm-hmm. like uh, some of these conspiracies have a lot of evidence to them yeah. that really makes you wonder if the official story that we got was true or not. Right. And when we started digging in together, I think that's when Kendall started realizing. And then, yeah, it kind of snowballed from there. And I guess I got lucky that you really mm-hmm. had that same level of interest that I did in discovering these things. Yeah. Well, we watched some heavy like police movies and criminal movies when we first got together too. And that's kind of how we were into all that. I remember we watched like salt came out that year and end of watch. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. But we were 17 when we met, so we didn't have that much time to like have known about a lot of these things. You know, I feel like a lot of times people's interests develop in this when they get a little older. Yeah. Well, I think you just mature and, and also the big thing for us was like politics and the government and things like that. That was kind of uh-huh. the first thing that we really started questioning and mm-hmm. becoming more suspicious of. And, mm-hmm. and for a while, I mean, you believe what your parents believe or what you're told and you think that that's the reality yep. of things. And then when you dig in, it's not so much. I know. All right. Next, next question. question. Hi, you guys. My name is Timory and I live in Boise, Idaho. I was wondering if you guys think COVID-19 is related to the message written on the Georgia Guidestones regarding the population of the world and what the ideal population should be at or any questions you guys had about if maybe those two are related. I would love to hear your thoughts. Thank you. Love you guys. First of all, I love the name Tim Marie. That is such a unique, mm-hmm. beautiful name. Mm, I might steal it for my daughter. But yes, the Gorgia. The Gorgia. The Gorgia. But yes, the Georgia Guidestones. Very mysterious. Yeah, the American thing. Stonehenge. If you haven't seen these things, it's actually kind of wild that they exist at all. Yeah, we've talked about them before. Did we do a whole episode on it? I don't think so. No, we did like a bunch a, of stuff. It was like in, in a ponder episode. sesh or something we did, yeah. Yeah, it was a little while ago. But, but if you don't know what they are, there's these six granite slabs that stand up like Stonehenge, like a monument mm-hmm. in Elbert County, Georgia, actually. And they're about 20 feet high, and they weigh 240,000 pounds. And what's the craziest thing about it is not just the messages that are written on it, but the fact that the people that made them, we have no idea who it was. And a lot of people speculate that it could be some type of secret society or maybe some type of occult group or something like that, that created these because on the actual slabs themselves, they have a bunch of different things written on them in a bunch of different languages from English to Spanish to Swahili, Hindu, like all the major languages they are written out on these slabs But the most interesting thing about it is there is a slab that has the 10 rules for an age of reason, as they're called. And it talks about very conspiratorial things like the New World Order, depopulation, single world government, new type of... Yeah, it actually uses the term New World Order. New World Order Order on it. 
But the specific statement she mentioned in the question was maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. That's what's written on one of the slabs, which seems to suggest that whoever made these slabs, or if it is the new world order, whoever the group is that runs the world or whatever, Illuminati, whatever you want to call them may have this plan to depopulate the planet from we're up to 7.8 billion people to 500 million. That's a huge decrease. Like what the hell? How would that even be possible? Yeah. I don't think 5g is going to be able to do that at least as far. Cause I feel like if 5g was something that was going to be related to depopulating the world, I mean, I think it would be way worse than it is right now. And we would be, all of us would be immediately affected by yeah. it, which mm-hmm. I don't think is happening as far as we know. And again, we don't have the studies to prove any of this, but I don't think necessarily there's a link between 5G and you know depopulation or anything like that, or or the Georgia Guidestones for that matter. I mean, for all we know, the Georgia Guidestones could just be a com- like a piece of artwork, just like there's those weird murals in DIA. Like, yeah, it could be something like that, or or like a giant troll in a way, right? Like, how can we just trick people? But I don't know. They're very interesting, and well, you'd think like if there's really a group out there that is running the world and they want to put like, why would they want to put it all out for everyone to read their plan on a rock in the middle of Georgia? I don't know. It's just, it's really creepy though. It is, especially because we don't know who made them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any link necessarily, but I don't know. It's definitely something interesting to consider. Mm -hmm. All right. Next question. If you guys could go back in time and change a historical event, would you? And if you would, which one would it be? Yes. I would go back and cancel the burning of the Library of Alexandria. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a really good one. Potentially one that could change the course of history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we we know know a lot more today than we do. Yeah. Well, the amount of information that was lost in that library is crazy. Because there could be things going back to the Sumerians and mm-hmm. what they saw or even all the way back to creation. I mean, ancient wisdom just burned. Exactly. It's and terrible. it could be firsthand accounts of things that happened in there that we don't have. Yeah. And so a lot of creation theories are based upon religious texts. Mm-hmm. And maybe the truth to everything was in that library and it was burned for a reason. Well, it was clearly burned for a reason. They didn't just burn it because they were cold. <laughs> true. <laughs> Very true. That'd be the last thing I feel like they would do. Because they're cold. That was the most smart ass thing I've literally ever heard. Because they're cold. <laughs> Let's you know, burn this shit. All of the it's ancient for real. secrets. There was definitely a reason for burning that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a really good one and an important one. What about you? I was gonna say for me, if what if JFK wasn't assassinated? That's a great one because I think he was really trying to warn us about what was coming and secret groups and just bullshit going on. And he, I think would have continued to spill the tea. Yeah. And what if he was able to disclose everything we knew the government knows about aliens and UFOs and everything back then? Cause he definitely was hinting at it for sure. Yes, definitely. If you've never heard his speech on secret societies, just type in JFK secret society speech on YouTube. You should be able to find it. It is so interesting. Like, wow, he was really going there. He Absolutely. was headed towards telling everyone a bunch of shit. He definitely wanted to to give us some answers to some of the things that are happening behind the scenes that yeah. 
could be controlling things. What about you, Janelle? Any event you can think of? Um, probably change the way Nikola Tesla's whole thing ah. was treated and how his lab got burned and, you know, no one took him seriously and everyone was, I don't know, I guess stealing some of his ideas and not giving him credit, not allowing him to do the great work that I think he really could have done and was already doing. So it would just be so cool to see what he could have done if he had really get, been given the real opportunity and to how do society so. could be now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. How different we could, we could be living. Right. And if the FBI hadn't confiscated all of his work and who knows where it went, I mean, could be destroyed, could be no, being used by them. They took that and they started yeah, using they it. They're using it behind the scenes. Exactly. So he was a if, genius. Yeah. We didn't even deserve him. No, I think he was connected to something else. I and, truly believe that too. In another way. I mm-hmm. mean, clearly he, he, it's like a chosen one that, you know, there's that idea of like, where does a thought come from mm-hmm. and why do some people, why do inventors, where does that thought of creating whatever invention it is they're going to create come from? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's where the whole idea of the Akashic records comes in. And what if he was connected into the Akashic records, some ancient wisdom, and he was able to get that knowledge and then translate it in a way that applies to the world and that's an episode we need to do is the Akashic records. We have done that. Actually. Have we? Yeah, we've we've definitely talked about that pretty extensively. Sometimes know. I f- completely forget that we've done podcasts. It's hard to remember what we've just talked about in our yeah. relationship and what we've done episodes on. It's hard to keep it straight for sure. <laughs> yes. All right, moving on. Hey, Kendall and Josh, this is Kayla. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. And my question for you guys is, I know you've covered paranormal um, investigations in the past here on this channel. And I'm curious to see if you guys have any thoughts as to whether or not a lot of those could be just mental health cases versus like undiagnosed mental health cases going through those things versus actual paranormal experiences. Love you guys. I think that's a great question and a really great point that a lot of people don't think about when it comes to paranormal experiences. But I think a lot of paranormal experiences could be something going on in the mind or yeah, some type of mental health thing. Well, for example, schizophrenia. Absolutely. A lot of people undiagnosed schizophrenia. Yeah. Who are undiagnosed hear voices or, or other things or people that see things and hallucinate could be some sort of neurological disorder Mm -hmm. or, a tumor for all we know. There's a lot of mysteries even to the human body and that are not explained by science. And Mm -hmm. there's definitely a lot of naturally occurring phenomena that we just can't explain and things that our mind is able to create. I mean, I know my mind plays tricks on me all the time. Oh yeah. Especially when you're already scared and your heart's racing, the lights are off. Like, well, and you have so much, your mind has so much control over, what you see and feel and believe is real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was going to say Brian Bonner. I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. we can no longer, you can't play that video on YouTube because it got taken down. But one of the things he talked about was kind of like Josh, you Mm -hmm. were touching on the power of your mind. And if you are going into an experience, wanting Mm -hmm. to have a certain outcome, hoping for a specific thing to happen, it is more likely that any sort of little tiny glimpse of hope could be, you know, your mind could stick onto that and be like, you know, make it into something bigger than it is Mm -hmm. because we really can convince ourselves of so much. Um, even when it's, you know, there's nothing there to prove it really. And so I think it's an interesting point that you can really trick your mind into almost anything. Yeah, you really can. And especially, like I said, if you're in already a creepy environment and you're looking for that type Mm -hmm. of thing, like, 
we all went to the Stanley Hotel <laughs> and tried to do our own paranormal experience. <laughs> we talked about it in the Brian Bonner episode, but I wanted to revisit it here because obviously that's deleted now. But yeah, we had tried to do our own paranormal investigation video at the Stanley Hotel and it did not go well. It was a big flop. It was a major flop. We had like ghost hunting equipment. We were going to see if, see what we could find, but we found nothing. But definitely when your mind is looking, like we were desperate. We're like, please, yes. something happened. Because we came all the way here. We brought all our cameras. We were all excited. Went on the ghost tour. Mm-hmm. And then 3 a.m. We're in the hotel room, like <laughs> listening for ghosts. And there's nothing. And we were so disappointed. We were waiting for just about anything. Seriously. Especially Josh. He was pretty heartbroken. Josh was like, at one point he was like, wait a second. I think I hear something in the closet. And then he like went into the closet by himself and locked himself. And he's like, there's definitely something in here. I was like, Josh, there's nothing in there, dude. You just want to convince yourself. We even paid extra for like a haunted room. Yeah, it was very Sad. disappointing for sure. Cause Not that we have mental health issues, but no. you know what I mean? It, it can easily be something that's in your mind. It can. And I, I found myself, you know, my mind starting to maybe create sounds or associate mm-hmm. sounds that are completely normal with things that are not. Cause it, like if you go into a haunted place, you, you expect to experience yeah. some type of phenomena. There. Yeah. Totally. But when you don't, you know, it's very disappointing. Hey guys, my name is Rosalie. I'm from South Carolina. First of all, I want to say Kendall, I've been watching your videos for like three years. I feel like I've seen every single one of them by now. But my question is when are we having another mile higher production because that was so interesting and I watched every episode and loved it. And are there any updates on the last case from Mile Higher Productions? Thanks. Love y'all. So if you have not seen our first Mile Higher production, it was on the Christian Andriacchio case. We made a two part, like two hour long documentary or I guess vlogumentary is what we called it. is what we called it. Yeah. And um, we all worked on it together, the three of us. And it was a really interesting experience, very rewarding. And we definitely want to do it again. We don't have any in the works right now just because the world's kind of shut down. But it is something we really would like to do in the future if given an opportunity. Yeah, it was definitely one of the most fulfilling experiences of my life for sure. It really was. It was amazing. Um, As far as that case goes, updates on that. There's nothing to update you on as of right now. We are still waiting for a response from the White House. We did reach our signature goal of 100,000 signatures, and they promise a response within 60 days, but it's been over 60 days and we haven't gotten anything. Well, I mean, with everything going on, I'm sure whoever runs that that office or- It's on the back burner for sure. Yeah. So I don't know. I still have hope that we'll get a response and hopefully something will come from that. But trust me, I'll keep you guys updated. If something happens, you'll hear it from me. Hey, Mile Higher Group, this is Jackie from Rhode Island, and I was just wondering, do you believe that aliens are extraterrestrial or interdimensional, or are there both? I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I love the podcast. Bye. Really good question, and one that I don't know the answer to. I don't think anybody should know the answer to this possibly. Well, she's asking what you think. My personal opinion is that there's both. I think okay. that extraterrestrial beings, you know, beings from another planet star system is one thing. But then I also do believe, especially when investigating the paranormal, that there is such a thing as interdimensional beings and that mm. there clearly is activity in between whatever is on the other side of death and this reality. And I think also there could even be multiple dimensions to things and there could be 
and probably is beings or entities that exist in all these different dimensions. And sometimes these dimensions cross each other and we may experience interdimensional beings, but we might even mistake them for extraterrestrials or aliens and vice versa. So I think there's definitely both because I think there's evil beings and there's probably, you know, beings that are good or have good intentions. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I don't really know. It's hard to believe in really anything that you haven't seen, or I guess it's hard for me personally to believe in things I haven't directly seen proof of. I feel like I've seen more, I guess, proof or evidence for extraterrestrial aliens. So I definitely believe in that. I don't know if I believe in interdimensional beings just because I've never experienced it and I don't know enough about it, but I lean towards that. Yes. I just wish I could meet one, you know? Seriously. <laughs> then I would be really convinced. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Don't we all? all right. It's still hard for me to even understand how dimensions work and wrap my brain around that. So well, it's, it's hard to really make an opinion on it, you know? It's one of those things we don't really fully understand no, at all. We don't at have at the answers to these things. So yeah. it's totally based on belief. Hi, guys. My name's Abby, and I'm from Scotland. And my question is, assuming that evolution is correct, and obviously we would evolve from apes, if all humans went extinct, would another species as intelligent as humans evolve? And what would they evolve from? If there's life long enough on a planet, is it inevitable that there will develop an intelligent species? Love the podcast, guys. Keep up the good work. Wow, that's a very deep question yeah. for sure. I, I have I, no idea. Yeah. Well, I think that it, it really depends on whether or not you believe in Darwinism and right. evolution in the sense that science, science tells us things mm -hmm. evolved. And and I'm still kind of on the fence with all that as far as like, did humans evolve mm -hmm. from apes or did we have some help with the evolution or was there some other external force or factor in it? I mean, when we've talked about this before, but the Anunnaki story is very mm -hmm. interesting and this idea of potentially extraterrestrials coming and seeding uh, a race here on this planet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, RH negative blood just throws such a huge wrench in Darwinism that it definitely has made me think about it more than I used to. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that we don't fully know. And I mean, obviously there's evidence to back up the fact that we may have, that we may have evolved from apes, but at the end of the day, we don't know for sure. And there's still a lot of mysteries around that. And a lot of theories, even within this idea that we evolve from apes that haven't, you know, the stoned ape theory is one of those that are really interesting to me. Mm, yeah, so, me too. yeah, if you don't know that, that psychedelics, monkeys may have ate psychedelics and that may have helped evolve their consciousness and their, yeah, that's an their brains. Theory. It is a very interesting one. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Corey. I am from South, South Texas. But anyways, my question to you is, do you guys believe that UFOs have extraterrestrial life? Or do you think that there's a possibility that UFOs could be humans from the future? Because I really think it's us coming back in time to analyze us and we're keeping it a secret from our own selves. What do you think? I think it could be either extraterrestrials or it could be future humans definitely i mean as we know there's a lot of unidentified flying objects mm -hmm. a lot of un, unexplained phenomena mm -hmm. that happens so i think I, I think especially these flying saucers are very interesting especially the craft that we see that doesn't look biological or isn't like an orb or something like that i think i uh -huh. find it very interesting that 
another race, especially one that's highly advanced that has the ability to travel across space time and just from another part of the universe to here would probably be way more evolved and advanced that they probably wouldn't be flying a metal craft here. Mm -hmm. You know, they would figure out some way to travel here. They would probably maybe, but they would, they probably have the ability to just completely avoid having to use any type of craft that they would have to make exactly or be visibility cloak or something. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean a lot of unexplained phenomena, it looks like light orbs Mm -hmm. versus like a, a disc flying in the air. Right. And so to me and a lot of other people and, and even scientists for that matter, I know we've talked about it before, but a lot of people think that some of these crafts could be humans just in the future that have figured out how to time travel. Hey, Kendall and Josh, this is Goldie. I am from Alabama, and I currently live in Norway. Love y'all's show. And I was wondering, what are your thoughts on the sad and untimely deaths of Maeve and Gideon, the granddaughter and the great-grandson of JFK? I don't want to assume or, you know, speculate on conspiracy, but do you think that this might be the Kennedy curse continuing on? Actually, this is a perfect question because I wanted to give an update on this situation. Last week, we talked about how a member of the Kennedy family, Maeve, and her son went off in a canoe just near their house going after a ball and came into bad weather and the canoe must have flipped. They thought they found the canoe last week, but they didn't find the bodies. But of course, before we put the episode out, they actually did find them. Did they find? I don't think they found her son, though. I think it's just Maeve as far as I know. I believe so, yeah. But yeah, I mean, another tragic event for the Kennedy family. It It, seems like it's part of the curse. I mean, it really seems real to me. I know so much about their family and the weirdness. It's just like nothing like this happens to other families. Like their their history is just insane. And it's the most random, bizarre (sighs) things, events that happen to them. Freak accidents. Yeah, it's, it's really bizarre. I absolutely believe that there's probably something more to it. I mean, when you look at the who JFK was and how much he knows. And mm-hmm. like we talked about earlier in this episode, I think there's definitely somebody or a group or something out there that has major vendetta against the Kennedy family that could be responsible for some of this. Like putting a, like a curse on them. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it goes way back. If you've never heard us, we did a whole episode on the Kennedy curse, but it goes back to, you know, generations in their family. Yeah, so like there's the multiple beginning. theories about how they got the curse, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a very bizarre thing. But then again, you have to believe in curses and is that something that's even real or, I don't know. or could it have an effect? If, if you do this type of ritual, can you put a curse it, on somebody? Is it family karma in a way or no. just bad luck? Yeah. I don't know what it is. Like I could don't know. be any of those it's things. It's very odd. It's very bizarre and sad. So How did you guys meet Janelle and how did she become a producer on the show? So I feel like we never actually introduced Janelle. She was just like suddenly here (laughs) a little over a year ago. Yeah. So Janelle is actually my cousin. So I met her at her birth. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say we've known (laughs) each other our whole lives. Yes. So we are super, super close. We've always been like sisters and best friends and always in each other's life. So we spend so much time together and she lives like five minutes from us. So, and I used to 
help you do like research and stuff mm-hmm. for your other videos. And that's kind of how I started like getting into mm-hmm. it was helping you with like random things to do yeah, with your yeah. channel. Be like my assistant in yeah. a way. And then, yeah, now you've moved into more of the producer role. And mm-hmm. are you enjoying it? How do you I like being part love of the podcast? It. It's so fun. And honestly, you guys, I just want to say how cool of a family you have. And thank you guys so much for just like welcoming me in and not being like, who's this random bitch on the, on the podcast? Like I was worried that you guys were gonna be like, we just want Kendall and Josh. And so thank you guys so much for being so awesome. Yeah. It's got some cool fans out there. Yeah. So. We feel like it's been really supportive and super fun for us to have a third person to bounce ideas off of. I feel like it just helps the conversation even more. So yeah. And she's doing a lot over there too. I mean, we did yeah, build this whole studio. We have camera system now we have mm-hmm. a new audio system. So mm-hmm. Janelle does a lot behind the scenes and, all and the she editing. edits every week and puts out, you know, runs our social media. So she's like kind of the backbone a mile higher. Yeah. Definitely the <laughs> producer for sure. Thanks guys. Hi Kendall. Hi Janelle. Hi Josh. I was wondering if you guys have ever looked into underwater cities or living underwater. I saw a video the other day on it on what if and I was wondering what you guys think about it or if you've heard about it. It seems interesting to me even though I'm not sure it's actually feasible but let me know what you guys think if you've heard about it. Kind of like freaks me out thinking about living underwater like I know I would get so claustrophobic and I have such like pressure issues that I can't imagine adjusting to yeah, living but underwater. come on you're a water bug if you didn't have pressure issues and I've heard that even really deep it's very light and bright and open and really? so I don't know hmm. I feel like you could kind of thrive under there live the mermaid lifestyle but like our bodies aren't meant to be underwater all the time like we would end up so raisiny and like well if you lived in the water itself yeah. but what if you could I mean, they have underwater hotel rooms right, and like things like that. A right. structure. You wouldn't be a mermaid. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, <laughs> oh, I, I think she was talking more about like if Wearing we were suit. to build cities underwater mm-hmm. and create like these bubbles where everybody lives inside. Because it's something that maybe we could they'd be like pressurized create. and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Huh. Like a submarine type of thing where you're not going to like have blood f- coming out of your ears because of the pressure. Right. That's yeah. really right. interesting, but concerns me thinking about humans living under the ocean, considering we're already ruining it from the land. Yeah. If we can't yeah. control our pollution and trash on the oh land, my gosh. you think it's a good idea for us to go underwater? Like how are you going <laughs> to expel our trash and everything under there? Yeah. Probably mm-hmm. just literally float it to what? the surface. Yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Well, we're pieces of shit. So, <laughs> And I feel like the easier solution than trying to live on the moon or live on Mars or live underwater or live in a space station is like fixing our shit. Like it's not, especially seeing the improvements, the subtle improvements around the world to the environment just through us being home for like a month. Yeah, it's insane. Oh my gosh. Imagine what would happen if we actually took charge and tried to make a real difference for years to come. I feel Mm -hmm. like we could really, really make a difference. I I don't know. I feel like it was almost giving us hope. Like maybe it's not Mm -hmm. too late. I don't think it is too late. And it really does give us hope. And I think the media is sometimes out there to scare people to think that there's no hope. So you might as well not care. Yeah. Might as well just throw your recycling out and you know, this and that. Um, I think if we actually knew that it was attainable, more mm-hmm. people would get on board and do little things in their life to to change the overall future of our planet. I mean, this is some serious shit. Well, we that's no why planet, we we're screwed. Right. And that's why we talked about last week, because I think it's important for people to know. And of course, the media is not saying like, oh, look at this, guys. If yeah. we just slow our activity down and not pollute as much, oh, look, at that. look how much better our planet is and how it's able mm-hmm. to start recovering. And it's attainable. And that's the thing is that that's why I believe that the global agenda is that 
they don't want that to happen. They would rather oh. the planet go to shit so that, you know, they can make excuses for depopulating and creating bases on other planets mm. and, and going outwards versus just fixing what's here. Mm. I don't think that's part of the, the global agenda or the plan. But going back to your question, living underwater would be kind of lit, you know, it'd be cool. Walk I mean, out and you got dolphin neighbors. Yeah. You got Hell like yeah. whales swimming around you. Like you yeah. could see all the wildlife, but, but they would probably stay away. Yeah. Unless we could figure out a way to like be invisible to them or. Well, they probably get used to us eventually. Yeah. And if we're not yeah. assholes to them, but if we try and hunt them constantly, then they probably right. hate yeah, we would. Yeah. We would ruin it. We, yeah, would, we would ruin, ruin the ocean mm-hmm. 100%. But it'd be kind of cool to have like a helmet like Sandy on SpongeBob, like yes. an air helmet and be able to go out and then you go back into your big air dome and there's yes. a tree in there and everything. And the little like depressurizing zone exactly. that she had where she would go in and like. Pr- exactly. Water drains out. <laughs> That's so funny. Honestly, that's kind of what it would probably be like. Like everyone would be like in these little hamster bubbles. <laughs> That'd be lit. <laughs> that would be. Hi, guys. I hope you're doing well. It's the Anne here from Cape Town, South Africa. Mm. I've been listening to you guys since the first podcast came out. I'll never forget it. Breakthroughs and Discoveries of 2017. Since then, been listening to your podcast every time. And my question would be, um, since then... My mindset has changed a lot and there's a lot of things that I've opened my mind to that I wasn't necessarily so open to then. So if you guys could choose one thing that you'd say you changed your opinion on since you started the podcast and because of the things that you researched, what would it be? I know my answer. Yeah, it's probably all the same. Politics. Yeah, politics for me too. Yep. I was, like you said, Kendall, we were drinking that Kool-Aid and... (laughs) Realizing that um, both sides of the party have so much corruption was a really hard pill for me to swallow. I know. I remember when I first heard it too, like, you know, it's two different wings, right wing and left wing, but they're on the same plane taking you to the same fucking place. And it's really true. Yeah. Well, and it's not just the U.S. politics, too. This is governments across the world. Yeah, just how much corruption and lack of trust I have. The Federal Reserve learning that that's privately owned really blew my mind. That rocked rocked my shit, yeah. Agree. Well, when you understand the financial structures that are in place for the world, the world banks and how Mm -hmm. everything's centralized. And and when you look at the families, too. I mean, when we did the families that run the world and you look at the Rothschilds, you look at the Morgans, and you look at all these different families that you can trace hundreds and hundreds of years ago, essentially when modern civilization began. And when you start sort of connecting the dots and putting the pieces together, you really start to realize that things are not as they seem and they're not exactly the way that they're being told to us and taught to us in school. And I think that's probably the biggest, biggest thing that we've uncovered since we started the podcast is really connecting the dots in history. And you start looking at even like the JFK assassination and you look at all these events and you start digging into these historical events and you start realizing that we're only getting one side of the story here. Right. And there's so many other sides that don't get talked about because they don't fit the narrative that mm-hmm. the media and the government wants us to have. Yeah. So when you start figuring that out, I think that's where, you know, Pandora's box just kind of opens and yes. everything else kind of starts seeming more possible, you know, more possible and more realistic. Like aliens is another one that has really, we've definitely opened more about for sure. Mm-hmm. I was going to say for me, it's like also just learning that so much of what I learned in school is just not true or really one-sided and how much of our history I was like 
straight up taught wrong. Yeah. Wrong or yeah. stuff like major events that just were not talked about again, because we, it's interesting that in, at least in American schools, um, we're always the hero in the yes. stories that we learn about. We Absolutely. hardly ever learn about when Americans did something terrible or stupid or fucked mm-hmm. something up really bad. We're always the, the heroes of some sort. And it's just crazy to see how swayed the, the whole system is. And it sucks because it's not like the teachers get to decide the curriculum. No. You know, they they have to follow a specific agenda Textbook of what they need and, to follow. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure that there's things that they're not allowed to talk about. And, and of course, college is different. You know, yeah. we always have people comment like I took history classes and this professor professor that I had was really great and yeah. actually did go deep into it. And some professors will do that. But right. most of us get a bullshit version. If you like if your high school stops or if, if your education stops in high school, you know, sometimes you have a really swayed version of everything and you come into the world like thinking that things are way different than they are. And just finding out that your country like for me, finding out America had done so much shit over the years and just evil things and mm-hmm. lack of trust in my government. Yeah, it was a hard pill to swallow for sure. And this podcast has opened me up to a lot. Like the perfect example is Christopher Columbus and yes. the whole idea of how America was discovered and became a thing. And the fact that, you know, Thanksgiving, we celebrate I know something that's really terrible, honestly, yeah. like we came in here and slaughtered a ton of people mm-hmm. that were already here established doing mm-hmm. their own damn thing. And, and get told schools that don't talk younger. about that. No. Yeah. And they're getting better, in, yeah. especially yeah. in elementary school. I've we were kind of like the last group that really got mm-hmm. the Thanksgiving bullshit and the Columbus bullshit. Cause mm-hmm. yeah, he was like totally on a pedestal and singing songs about him and celebrating yeah. his day. And like now most people don't do that. Like yeah. a lot of areas have actually renamed Columbus day, like indigenous Pe- indigenous yeah. people day or uh, Native Amer- I don't remember the exact names, but people have come up with other terms for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just like, what about the glorification of the military and the military industrial yeah. complex? Mm-hmm. Like how much we focus on the wars that we fought and the victories mm-hmm. that we had. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's so much of history that I learned is just about all of these just mass amounts of, of killing of people and, and destroying yeah. of cities. And that's a good point. And just like everything is focused around the military and that we got to support the military and we got to, you know, constantly that is being glorified and and pushed before anything else. I mean, just look at the, the budget. I mean, so much of our budget is spent on the at military least 50% and war not more. and all that. And then, and secret money too. Exactly. We never get to know where it goes. Top secret projects and unacknowledged yeah. projects and stuff. So yeah. clearly many things. That was a good question. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Evie from England. And my question is, do you think humans would have been better off if the concept of God was never something we created or discovered or do you think it's part of human nature that's been ingrained within us long before the bible or anything was even you know created and was always something that humans were going to seek out like a godlike figure thanks i personally think that if it wasn't uh christianity or catholicism or uh, Judaism that it would have been something else, you know, mm-hmm. like people will always try to come up with a explanation for life. And it's the biggest question every human wants to know is what's the point of this shit and where do I go when it's over? Mm-hmm. And also the fact that Christianity is a very new religion and there are other religions that have been around far, 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 far longer. Yeah. And I mean, look back to ancient Egypt and you know how what they were looking at as gods and i feel like like you said we've always had this 
you know, drive in us to try and figure out what the hell we're doing here. What happens after death is such a mystery that I can see how humans are like, well, we got to figure out some sort of answer as to what happens when we die because you know, mm-hmm. then it becomes a little bit less scary if we could tell ourselves, oh, they're yeah. going to a good place after whatever it is. So I think so too. Religion is such a comfort for a lot of people. Like I sometimes wish I was, you know, mm-hmm. part of an organized religion. So I had something specific to believe in. And I was assured at the end of the day that I'd be going here when I die. But I don't, I don't know. I live in that, you know, weird bubble. If I have no idea what the fuck and yeah, I don't really have any concrete opinions on what happens because no one knows. Right. No, nobody knows. And, and I, again, like Janelle said, if you look back into history and you look at like the aboriginals, I mean, all these Mm -hmm. native peoples that existed thousands of years ago, Mm -hmm. all have their own creation stories and they have theories about, well, they have beliefs about what, how life started on the planet and what is the purpose of it. And what's interesting though, is when you look at them all together and you start find commonalities between the different creation stories and even religions, there's so many commonalities about you know, some type of creator. And it, it doesn't really make you wonder if there is something like that out there that really exists. And maybe there is a reason that as humans or as conscious beings that we do have this urge and need to know like what, what is it that made us or what is mm-hmm. after death because, or what is before life and how does it, what even are we and what's our purpose? And I right. think that's just a, a, a very human thing. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, for all we know, there could be other conscious beings or even animals out there that have similar thoughts and we're just not able to understand understand them or or communicate with them. Yeah. Do you think animals like think about death or the afterlife or are they just completely in the here and now? I think it's possible. I mean, I think some of these more intelligent animals that we know can communicate and use telepathy and all these different types of, of abilities to communicate with each (laughs) other. Telepathy in a loose sense. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But, or just, you know, the way that they, signal to each other through sound and things like that. I mean, they're like a dolphin is what I'm thinking of specifically. Like dolphins are extremely intelligent and you it does make you wonder. I mean, they are animals can bond with humans and they can remember and they clearly know what's going on to some extent. So do they ever think about, do they dream? Like when they dream, do they dream about death or what's after or I don't know, but I, it seems for humans, it's definitely natural to want to think about that. And to answer your question. Yeah, I think, there would always be some type of religion that we would come up with if it wasn't the traditional ones we have now or just spiritual beliefs. Yeah. All right. Hey guys, my name's Lucy and I'm from Melbourne, Australia. Um, I was just wondering what do you guys make of dreams? Because we obviously don't know exactly where they come from and why we have them. So I was just wondering what your guys take on it was. Thanks. I have so many questions about dreams and I am a person that has crazy dreams every night of my life. And I think they have tons of meaning to my life. Um, I've, I won't bore you guys with examples, but I like to dissect my dreams and they seem to really, to me, it seems like dreams are a message to yourself, like a message from your subconscious to your conscious. Or it's just a movie. Or it's just a randomly put together movie by your brain. I guess. Entertainment while you sleep that your brain puts together. Or it's you you traveling to a different dimension and living a different (laughs) life. And then when you wake up, you come back. (laughs) See, the possibilities are endless because we don't understand dreaming and experts cannot explain it. And everyone has such a different experience that we all probably have our own individual thoughts. But for me, like my dreams are so vivid, so accurate to my current life. And 
I can find deeper meaning in most of my dreams. And so for me, it, it feels like I'm being told something or warned about something. And normally it's like, I dream about things that are stressors in my life currently. And I, you know, or if I feel like I, the one dream I have all the time is that I'm like late for school or like haven't shown up for school all that's semester. That's very common. Yeah, I have really a dream common. that I show it's up to school but naked and I'm like walking <laughs> around really the halls too. of my middle school butt ass <laughs> naked and no one notices it though. I'm just like, oh God, I'm like trying to cover up and people are just walking by and then it's like, it happens all the time. Why? I wonder what the <laughs> point of that is. Yeah. Like for me with the, I feel like when I'm really stressed out or I feel like I have too much on my plate, then I have the dreams about school and like mm-hmm. failing and not having shown up or forgetting that I was even in a class until like mm-hmm. December of that mm-hmm. year. Um, and then I'm like, oh my God, I'm at a 0%. I need to get all the way up to yeah. hundred in like two weeks. How am I going to get like my final exam <laughs> yeah. schedule? And it's like a class that I thought I dropped months ago. And yeah. I'm like, oh God, I got to talk to the teacher and apologize for not showing up at is all. Is it like a spiritual meaning for that? Is it like you're like, people will say it's spirit guides giving you these dreams or is it just your own consciousness making these things up? I think it's different for everybody and depending on the individual as well as your level of psychic ability, I think yeah, has a lot I to play with, with it and too. how intuitive you are mm-hmm. and just how connected you are to the spiritual realm. If you believe in that, I think it can be a very, very powerful tool for a lot of people. And a lot of people do a lot of psychics report getting visions and predictions via their dreams. Yeah. Tons of people have had dreams that have come true. I know there's probably tons of you out there who have experienced that. And, um, there, I have a friend who lives in Scotland. He's a subscriber. His name is Declan. And he has a Pisces moon. So I think he's a little psychic, but he had a dream that Josh and I were going to fly out to Scotland and that he was going to like walk us around this castle near his house and that we would leave the same day. And he, he messaged me and told me about it. But meanwhile, we actually were planning a trip to Scotland to go see him. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, he is completely predicting this. Like I couldn't tell him like, dude, yeah, that's going to happen. But it was going to happen. And then, you know, we got there and it was exactly how he had described it to me. We went to the castle that he was talking about. We left that day. It was all like, I believe that some people have that psychic sense. And I think he's one of them. It could just be another way to express yourself too. If you think about it, like it could be a way to express yourself in, in the dream state in the dream world. Cause so many, like for me, a lot of my dreams in, include fears and, and conquering fears and overcoming different obstacles and always like, I feel like I'm on a hero on a mission and a lot of my dreams are, you know, trying to escape from something. So yeah, I, I feel like that too. Oftentimes I'm trying to escape from something, but I like those dreams. I think they're fun. Well, that is going to do it for questions for today's episode. Be sure to follow us at mile higher pod on Instagram to be part of the next Q and a, cause we will be doing another one with voice memos like this. We love hearing from you guys. It's kind of like a virtual meetup in a way. Yeah, like it's, it's cool fun to hear voices. It is how a meetup usually goes with yeah. you guys because you guys do bring Come with your questions. <laughs> really interesting questions that you want to ask us about. Absolutely. So this is a way we can do it remotely. Yes. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We will be back next week, of course, with more content for you. Um, be sure to subscribe to Josh's new podcast, yes. Lights, Lights Out. Out. Get ready. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a, a fright fest. Yeah, you guys are going to like it. And it's going to be kind of a different style than Mile Heart Podcast. It'll be much more... Be much less conversational than our show is. It's very much going to be an experience and it's going to, hopefully I'll be able to really allow you guys to picture things and really be there with me going through these uh, different stories and cases and stuff. It's going to be very, very interesting. So get ready for that. 
Yes, and be sure to check out our new Mile Higher Discord. Mm-hmm. Meet some other people that want to talk about this shit all day. <laughs> the conversation never ends. So. Yes, it never does. Our Discord has a lot of activity. So come join the fun. And that's it for us this week. We will see you guys next time. Stay safe. And stay woke.